Welcome to the podcast for Ibrahim Islamic Center. Our center is located in Houston, Texas. Ibrahim Islamic Center provides the space to connect people through fellowship, learning, spiritual cultivation, rooted in love and service. This is an essential value and a thread that runs throughout all of our programming and talks. My name is Khalis Rashad. I am the Imam and Director of the Center. To learn more, please visit us online at IbrahimCenter.org. And to donate, you can visit IbrahimCenter.org forward slash give. I pray that you find value in this talk or presentation to follow. And please keep us in your prayers. Assalamu alaikum. Bismillah. In Alhamdulillah. Nahmadahu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfir. وَنَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ شُرُورِ أَنفُسِنَا وَمِنْ سَيِّئَاتِ أَعْمَالِنَا مَنْ يَهْدِ اللَّهُ فَمَنْ لَهُ مِنْ مُضِلٍّ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَمَنْ لَهُ مِنْ هَادٍ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ سَيِّدَنَا مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ Ming. Assalamu alaikum once again. Uh, thank you all for uh, coming out to observe and celebrate with us and to, 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 to share with us, to share uh, suhba, uh, sacred uh, community bonds, companionship uh, with us. And we pray that uh, whatever we're able to share uh, this evening uh, within the next 45 minutes, an hour or so, would uh, be of benefit first and foremost to ourselves, but also to to you as a community. Um, <clears throat> Alhamdulillah, uh, thank you, uh, Sister Malika, for uh, the uh, the beautiful presentation, and um, I pray that Allah uh, bless you and bless your family. Um, and um, I ask that I humbly ask that uh, our community. Uh, our friends and supporters who are here to continue to keep us in your du'a as we continue to build what we are calling an intentional community. And uh, alhamdulillah, this is our eighth year and um, it, it, it hasn't been easy. It's not easy to, to, to build community, um, but we are willing to do what it takes to build uh, an intentional community. and. Um, we ask that, we, we, we hope that Allah uh, would continue to help us to acknowledge um, one another, uh, but also to, to, to know and acknowledge our boundaries. Um, and when you are trying to build a community, uh, when you are trying to sustain yourself, your health, and one another, um, we have to acknowledge our boundaries. And, and, and part of that acknowledgement is, um, 
you know, we've come to accept that, although uh, we, we've come to accept that, um, you know, we, 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 we certainly uh, are hoping to be a welcoming community, but realize that uh, IIC is not necessarily for everybody. And, um, and we're okay with that. And, 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 and frankly, there are some people when you're trying to build an intentional community, you have to work to keep them out. And you have to uh, work to keep certain influences, certain people, certain ideas, certain, and, um, and everybody is not okay with that. Um, but but um, as I've said to our uh, community, um, you know, I, I would personally uh, rather take, you know, 50 families to the moon and back than to be trying to deal with six, 700 people. Um, you know, it just, it, it is, I, I believe it is the sunnah to focus on the micro community. So uh, with that, oh, so we want to ask inshallah, um, if, if, if you could move up, we're expecting more people to come in. So um, we want to make sure that there's room in the back uh, for them. And um, also some people are, and if you're in the, behind the chairs, feel free to move up. I know that you may not be able to, to see, past, to see past, the, past the chairs. So alhamdulillah, welcome uh, Imam Dawood Yassin, our beloved Imam, brother and teacher. Um, so the, the, the topic of our conversation is, uh, again, sustaining ourselves, uh, tending to ourselves, the earth, and each other. And uh, the, the reason we kind of thought up this, this, this topic, or this, the, the objective of this conversation, um, I believe that, uh, again, uh, we are trying to be, we're hoping to be a model community and we, we understand that the, the way the world is going is, is, is on totally an unsustainable path. Um, most people you see are um, overstressed, and that is they're overworked. Um, we, our, 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 uh, our family life are in shambles. Marriages are not working anymore. Um, our, our health. Is, uh, is degenerating. And we believe that our sunnah, uh, the, the, the example of the beloved, um, there are answers there. There are answers uh, in, the, in the Quran. And so um, I, I'd like to just kind of op let, allow Imam Daoud to uh, give an introduction uh, to this topic and some introductory uh, thoughts. Um, and before I do that, uh, I, I have a, some questions that I have prepared so that we could start the conversation. And there also, inshallah, we don't want to take up all the time between, the, well, this is a conversation between he and I. Inshallah, we'll also uh, give some time uh, for you to, to ask questions as well. So Imam Daoud, you can open up with the introduction, inshallah. <laughs>
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I thank this community for, for um, its forward thinking and um, filling up one of its um, precious uh, weekends um, in honor that it's the, an anniversary um, weekend to be here for a subject that is uh, dear, dear to me and something that I think um, kind of um, gets situated and pushed to the edges because constantly we are told that, well, there's, there's so many things, brother, that are so important. How do we focus uh, our attention uh, on these types of things? And, and I don't deny that. But I also think that um, there is a, a level of convenience to begin to push this out to the edge and bring other things forward. Um, we've seen that with inside of communities in terms of who's, um, who, who, which community gets the right to have the entire community to respond to something and one who doesn't. So what I mean by that, for example, is in Oakland, uh, where we have police brutality and we have uh, issues that are happening around the country, uh, when these things are brought up inside of Masajid, it's like, yeah, that's an issue, but that's not really our issue. But yet then as community, we have to take on issues that are in other places for other people that we could equally say the same. So the point that I'm getting at is that we have to look at things that are, 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 real, are realities in a, in, a, in a space, in a context, in a time of where we are, and then also look at them from a collective reality and then an individual reality. So that's kind of the, 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 the process of how um, you know, we're thinking about this. Um, I think the real epiphany, if you will, or the moment that I began this thought um, was really at my conversion. You know, I was coming, coming out of, out of um, you know, a, a, a life of, 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 of being very active uh, athletically um, and and as I came into Islam um, you know all of a sudden I just saw this aspect one aspect of kind of body and wellness and this type um, was, was really absent in people's in people's lives and within community discussions or other things such as this um, uh, and I'm talking from like a, a, a level of leadership um, and obviously because that's going to trickle down and make its way into, into the community, right? If my leaders think this is important, then this thing is important for me. If my leaders don't think this is important, well, this is not important for me. And then I began to kind of, um, uh, 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 as I learned more about my, my dean, I learned that this is not a, this is not a peripheral <laughs> aspect of dean. This is something which is foundational and central to, 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 to the dean because there is not a siloing, there's not a separation of my mind, my body, and my soul. And then, but, but we get kind of told that, that, that you know, um, that these things uh, are, are disparate. There, 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 there's, uh, as we say, a siloing. There's this aspect uh, of my religious practice. Then there's this aspect of my physicality. And then there's this aspect of my, of my intellect. And, and it kind of we're, we're, they're, they're set apart in that way. I don't think that's the, and I think that's really what gave me the energy to say, no, no, look, it's, it's actually right here. It's right here, it's right in our tradition. Like, how do, we not, how do we not see this? How did this get to the place that we're at right now? So that's kind of, you know, in, a, in, a, in an elevator speech, as they call it. You know, we have to go all the way up a lot of floors, but, um, you know, that was a joke. Um, 
to give that speech. But the other thing I want to say is that, and thanking everyone for coming out, because there's so many things that you could be doing tonight. You could be at home watching the Rockets getting taxed by the Warriors. I mean, that, there's a lot going on, you know, in Houston. And, uh, and but I just want to say that I really appreciate people when they take their time out. Imam Zaid said this years ago and it stuck with me. He said, this is America on a Saturday night. You could be doing whatever you want to do, but did you come to a place for a gathering of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That's Iman. That's Iman. As much as we want to maybe question ourselves and where we are and where we're at, Allah has put it in your heart and you have responded to it and you are here now. And that's a beautiful thing to, to congratulate yourself for and congratulate these victories over and over again. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So the, the first question, um, how did you first begin this conversation about holistic well-being, mind, body, and soul interconnectedness? Where did the journey start with you? And uh, has, it always be some, has it always been uh, something in your life or was it something you adopted later on? Yeah, so I'd probably answer the second part first and say definitely it, it was something that, that um, well, I would say that it probably has been a part of my life, but I didn't understand it out of my pre-Islamic you know, life. I didn't understand it in that way. So I definitely adopted it at a much deeper level um, you know, later, on, later on in life. Um, I think the thing which really began kind of looking at this were just a few things that happened. Um, you know, my, 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 my younger daughter began to develop this kind of um, rash. And we went to dermatologists and we got this cream and we got that cream and we tried this, that, and the third. And then, um, you know, um, my, 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 my wife was kind of complaining about how she was feeling after eating uh, a pizza. And, and then I remembered that she said that this first time we recognized this kind of rash in our daughter, we had actually had pizza. So I thought, huh, I wonder if there's a gluten sensitivity. So we stopped gluten and sure enough, this rash began to recede in, 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 uh, within, within my daughter. So that's like one thing that I began to think about, okay. The next thing was uh, uh, within myself. Um, there was a time when I, was, uh, I had gone over to, to the Emirates. Uh, my family's visa was delayed for a long time, so I was working and living in the same place. We didn't have access to a kitchen to be able to cook, so I was eating out almost literally every meal. And, and I begin to notice things in my body of how my body was changing and responding to food that I was eating, which wasn't the, the most healthiest food. And I started to get discoloration on my neck and rashes and things like this. And sure enough, as I begin to eliminate those things, uh, these things began to go away. Then the third was uh, this man, Rob, that I used to work for. Um, he started to throw this question to me about like, meat and food and treatment of animals. He's not Muslim, but he's you know, bringing in this kind of ethical question around food and meat. And then I started to think about like in the tradition, like what does, what does that mean with inside of our tradition? So again, all of these things began to kind of, you know, uh, 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 um, uh, become, thing, become aspects in my life that I really started to like pay attention to. And then I think that's when I started to like think of it in the context of like, okay, what's our tradition? our tradition say about this? Inshallah. So be before, so, so that's, that's a question I want to ask, you know, okay. elaborate on what our tradition says about it. But before, yeah. before that, yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, 
through this, it seems like you, you came to this by way initially of diet, self experiment. It seems like self experiment experimentation. Yeah. Um, but are, are any of these things? So, I, I would assume maybe you've geared, you've if you would describe your diet right now and 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 how you feel how how you think it has has actually changed and made yeah. you you yeah. know feel yeah. uh, for, in terms of health wise yeah. and. Um, your energy levels and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, how, how would you how would you describe it? Yeah. And again, I'm, I, I I don't want to. I'm not speaking in any context uh, as uh, as relates to you know being a physician or any of the any of that. And again, obviously, we're we're working with um, people who are physicians and nutritionists and others who may have a a a, a an unconventional approach. We'll say um, also they're they're not they're they're allopathic. Or they're, or they're not, they're naturopathic um, physicians and others, but they're taking alternative routes to look at things, which is really interesting because now a lot of this data is coming up about gut biome relationships and other stuff like that, about our gut flora and, 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 and relationships um, with that. So I, I would say that probably this February 1 has been uh, seven, seven years that my family and I have been, we've eliminated you know, certain things from our diets and sugar, processed sugar and gluten and you know, and, and, and reduced carbohydrates and other th stuff like that. And all of this is out of research. We're not just kind of picking and choosing things like that. But I can definitely say that, um, you know, m you know, energy levels, you, you, can, you can tell um, just how your body responds. And that's really something that's been interesting about the path that we took was that it kind of challenged you to remove things, literally come down to like a, 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 a point zero. Um, where we were just eating like um, uh, a, like a chicken soup uh, boiled because that was easy on the digestive system, nothing that really had a lot of fiber in it, so things that were easy to digest like carrots and mushrooms, and so once they're boiled, they're very easy to digest, and the protein source was either chicken or it was beef and sometimes fish. And as you begin to reduce and reduce and reduce, your body begins to respond in a certain way. And as it begins to have things what they call die-off of thing uh, uh, within inside of the body, um, you might see a rash in yourself. Like one of the things that I noticed, like I got a I got a really like pronounced rash, um, but then in three days it was gone. So this is this is this is your body now get, exiting exiting you know uh, uh, um, certain certain aspects of it that we say are are, are dying off, and these things come out through. Um, that's also why it's very it, it's like. Um, they would it would encourage to like take hot baths to drink certain teas so you're literally you're flushing the system there's like a dying and a flushing and a dying and a flushing and a dying and a flushing to get you to this point so after some time as you begin to kind of like stabilize in that then you begin to re reintroduce certain foods into your body and then your body begins to respond to it so you'd eat something and then all of a sudden you'd be like oh my god like your stomach would you know you, your body would respond one of the things I thought was really interesting was that um, they asked you would, um, to see if you could reintroduce dairy into your diet was to take some yogurt and place it on your skin, wrap it in gauze, and actually go to sleep. And depending on how your skin would look in the morning upon waking up uh, at some time would give you an indication perhaps of where you were at. So again, there's all of these steps that we were taking through. And then I'll get to that second, uh, that, 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 the, the second point of um, you know, the foundations and the tradition and other stuff like that that you were talking about. But that's kind of the, the, the idea that we brought ourselves through. Now, why did I do all of that? I did all of that because I'm observing inside of the community um, you know, that I, I've, got four, I've got four children. My, my, my youngest is eight. 
I want to be able to have a life of participation with my children. That's my expression of love to them. That I want to, there's certain things of time, the amount of basketball I've played in my life, other things, time's just gonna take a toll on my body. I can't stop that. But if there are variables and there are things that I can kind of uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, work with that would, that would reduce the impact of it, then I want to actually go, out, go after those things. If I can reduce inflammation, for example, if I can you know, actively do these types of things, then that's, that's how I looked at it. So then that literally became my jihad. Like I took it in that way. Like this is for me, for the love of my children, and, and, for, and, and, and for having a life that I don't want to be 52 sitting in a chair having to pray my salah. I don't want to not be able to sit on the floor and kind of, I want to be in the mountains with my, with, with my girls. I want to be able to lead, keep leading these trips for our communities you know, in, into the back country and these things like that. So these are the things that begin to motivate me you know, and in, in, not wanting to miss out on that. Like, not wanting to miss out what a sunset or a sunrise looks like in the morning. Being able to tell what Fajr looks like on the horizon, sitting on the ridge, you know, of a mountain. I don't want to miss those things because of uh, choices that I'm making that I know I could be making better choices. And a lot of those same things uh, with, with, my, with, with regards to my own diet, I begin to see, again, this is not, not no one in here should take anything that we're saying and just try to blanket begin to to, to put it into practice. You know, uh, do some self experimentation, see what works for you. Um, whereas, you know, low carb uh, lo low carbohydrates may work for uh, Imam Daoud or myself. It may not it may it may not work for you. Uh, it just depends on whatever else is going on in your life. Um, but this is just a, just a testimony to myself, and was, that's one of the things that I, when I uh, began to really, really uh, cut back on uh, sugar and car high carbohydrates. I uh, began to correct some things with my sleep. Uh, there was just some, some some metabolic things that really began to. And, and it's really, it's really, it's really the sunnah. Um, you know, when you when we look at a lot of times when you're, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a, as an imam, you know, we're often invited quite often to presentations, speak speaking engagements, or uh, invited to someone's homes. But uh, but oftentimes, what happens is the food that's available is not is not it's not very healthy food. And what happens is you begin to eat <coughs> out of I call it eat out of barakah so that you don't you don't offend the person that's that, that 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 that's hosting but then when you do that night after night and week after week uh you begin to have health problems and and and, and muslims unfortunately many of our events the foods that the foods that are available they're not life-giving foods there are foods where and then so you see um you see you see what's what's happening with um a lot of our islamic workers and teachers popping off of strokes at, in, in, the, in the 40s and the, in the 50s. May Allah preserve their health. Uh, but, but, but to your, thank you, uh, uh, but, but, but to your point, uh, we have to do this, what I call regret minimiz minimiz uh, minimization analysis. Look, look, inshallah, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, do we want to be able to play with our grandchildren? Can we get off the toilet at the age of 85 without you know, breaking something. Uh, you know, if you there, there are thirty-year-olds that can't get off the floor without, you know, grunting and, and, and just having trouble get, trouble getting up. And we're on a we're on a dangerous path because the food industry 
and that's exactly what it is, when, 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 a, when a food company hires psychologists to manufacture the food in a way to make you addicted to it, then we, 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 have, we have challenges. But uh, go ahead and speak to yeah. some of the no, things. Yeah, in yes, I did, well, a couple of things that you mentioned. Well, no, it was really trip. If you read, if you read, to just see at the level that this is on, when you look at like color has an impact on your on your on your on your um, on, on 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 creating the desire of hunger in your in your in your mind to your body, and this isn't just me. This is this is documented. Two colors. Who might take a guess at what those two colors are? Red and yellow. Red and yellow. How did you know it was red and yellow? McDonald's. Keep going. Burger King. Wendy's. It's, this isn't this isn't random. This is very real. That's the level that we are being kind of, in my opinion, assaulted, right? That we're being assaulted uh, uh, in the level, why? Because at the end of the day, it's economics. Everybody's winning. You eat our food, we win. You get sick, go to the doctor, they win. You take some pharmacy, they win. So you see, I mean, it's a windfall for folks, which is really a trip because when you look at traditional medicine, Chinese traditional medicine, the physician was paid to keep you healthy. He was not paid when you became ill. Look at that paradigm shift. You pay your physician to keep you healthy. And when you become health, don't become healthy, he's not doing his job or her job. So imagine that. Like you, now you take that on in terms of your own self, right? You take that on in terms of your own self. And so, you know, um, this point that you said, though, about, uh, subhanAllah, I lost my track of mine. <laughs> it was a good point, but I, subhanAllah. Um, the, the, the point about, um, you know, m m making these decisions, right before that, do you remember what uh, you said? Uh, minimizing regret, regret Minim minimization. And yeah, right before that. Um, I talked about uh, being off to get off the toilet yep. at, at 75, 80 and <laughs> before that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one that's going to come up real quick. Um, being invited to... Ah, to, to thank yes. you. That's what it was. Being invited. So here's the thing. I hear it all of the time. You know, that's, you know you'd be rude if you went to somebody's house and um, you, know, you didn't eat their food. But I'm like, well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, you, I look at the Quranic verse that says, Save yourselves and your family. Right? And it's talking about a fire. But my point is that, what does it mean? It means to prioritize you and yourself. And, and if I can't, uh, 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 in, a, in a way of wisdom, tell you, my friend, I don't eat sugar, or I don't eat this, and you become offended in that, then we're not really friends. Because you're not really concerned about my well-being, and it's your own hospitality or wanting to be hospitable to me that has trumped everything. And I think that's a misappropriation of the sunnah. Because the misappropriation for the sunnah is not to make someone, you know, eat your food per se, if it's not a food that they know is not, doesn't do well with them. So if I eat this and I go home like, man, my knee is jacked up. You know what I mean? Because this weekend I was out of town, I had to eat at this person's house, this weekend I was out of town. And that's actually years ago, I just made the decision. I said, I'm sorry, if you invite me, here's my list. And, I, and if you're offended, I'm really sorry. I have no intention to offend you, but I'm looking out for myself. And I feel like at somehow we've come to this place is that I can no longer be an advocate for my own well-being. 
because somehow I'm being rude to somebody with regard to, to, to our tradition. I, don't, I can't read the tradition that way. I'm sorry. I can't read the tradition that way. I'm going to read it the other way. That out of love and care and respect and honor and friendship and all these other things that we will understand, right, what the needs are. And the same would be to, to come if you came to, 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 to my place on the same thing. My man, I, I need some bread. I need some rice. I need some, okay, you know, fuddle, here you go. Let's, let's do this. So I think that's another way to think about this is that you're kind of self, like some, some advocating for oneself of, uh, uh, of these things. And I felt, you know, I, it's, it's a hard road, I know that, but I, you know, I had a brother pressuring me, but my mother made this all the way from Lebanon. She sent it here, brother, you gotta eat some of it. I'm like, the thing is dripping in like syrup and you know, all this other stuff. And I'm thinking to myself like, that's, that's gonna hurt, right? And Allah bless your mother, you know what I mean? And her cooking and I, and I love you and your family, but you know, it, I'm sorry, it's, I, I, I really just, you know, I, I, I can't, you know what I mean? Give me some dates, give me some dates, you know what I mean? And then your sleep is off and it's really, it's a, it, when you begin to like play with this, you see how, thing, how sensitive you become to, 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 to certain things. But anyway, oh, that's the other point I wanna make, is we also have, because you talked about our leadership and all this, we have to accept what's norm for us now. What's normal? Is, is the manner in which we're eating and then bringing on type 2 diabetes and other things, is that a norm for us now? I mean, I've had people say, brother, you're really extreme. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm extreme because I'm not allowing my children to have sugars. And, but we cook in, with alternatives, right? But it's not extreme to, 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 to have my diet in a manner that I will have my heart removed from my body and a vein removed from my leg and have a vein placed into my chest to have my heart working properly. That's not extreme. Do you see what I mean about the things that you're able to prevent and we don't, and that happens and then we say that we don't, we don't, we don't have that conversation. But if someone comes in and tries to work preventatively in that way, we say, you know, that's extreme, brother. So again, these are just the conversations that I've been in for years kind of around, around this and understanding how and what it means within inside of the tradition as well too. And I think we can maybe unpack a little bit of that yes, right now. Definitely, definitely. I, I think about you know, these, these verses in the Quran, kulu washarabu wala tasrifu, eat and drink, but do not go to, go to extreme. Uh, don't, don't go to, to uh, do not be excessive in that. Um, and then we, we, we think about uh, from the from the Sunnah, where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you know, we, he's, there, there are many uh, traditions. Uh, one, uh, we all know the tradition. Um, one third of food, one, one third of your stomach, one third for food, one third for air, one third of water. But oftentimes, what we fail to uh, what we fail to, 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 to quote is the entirety of the Hadith. Most people just uh, start with that end part. Uh, but the beginning part of that particular tradition, prophetic statement, is uh, sufficient for man is a few morsels of flesh, uh, a few morsels of food to keep his back straight. And so when we look at how the Prophet ate, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, most consistently it was one meal a day. In some cases, two. And, and that, 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 that earlier meal was simply some fruits in the form of dates or 
uh, or, or something like that, or, or, or cucumber, or watermelon, and things like that in the early part, but one, one main meal per day. Um, and, and then this, this is a sunnah, you know, how did the Prophet how many things did he own? You know, one, he said one bowl, one comb, one, uh, you know, his, 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 his mattress. And, and so we have this idea of minimalism today where it's, it's, it's all in the sunnah. You know, so it's like they, they're, they're, they're uh, usurping the sunnah and, uh, the, uh, the sunnah and selling it back to you <laughs> again, which is commoditizing everything. And so now it's, 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 it's fashionable and stylish, stylish to be a minimalist. Uh, go, go and read uh, uh, Jack Dorsey's, uh, the, the CEO of Twitter, what his new diet is. Let me guess. Yes. Intermittent fasting? Intermittent fasting. So talk, a, talk to some a, of what that. A, yes. What a novel idea. Man, where would that come from? You know, this whole, this whole, like you said, reappropriation of things, I think, but it also, the, the, like, I'm not just gonna blame Chuck on this one. You know, we, we don't find our own value in our own tradition. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I like to have frank conversations. You can tell me, hey, mom, you're crazy, I don't believe you. You can say that. But I'm gonna say it to us right now. We don't find that value inside of our own tradition and we begin to look for it outside. Once it's been validated, oh, intermittent fasting is okay, but we should be fasting on Mondays and Thursdays. You should be fasting on the white days. If you begin to add all of this up, you're far going to exceed what intermittent fasting is. But now all of a sudden, because it became the trend, now all of a sudden, you know what I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, documentaries and how-tos and charts and all these other things. This is our tradition. What happens now? I'll also give you another one. We, you're in Houston, but I'm in the Bay. Here's one for you. You know what group meetups are? There's a group meetup in the Bay Let's meet in a park. Let's prostrate and give our trauma to Mother Earth. You can come. In the morning, not even yoga. This one's beyond yoga. This is literally put your forehead onto the ground in prostration, stay in prostration, and give Mother Earth your trauma. Well, if you just add a fatiha to it, a couple of other, you know what I mean? We got you. You see what I mean? It's a real, it's a real interesting, it's a real interesting time that we're in. We need the courage to trust our own tradition. We need the courage to trust our own tradition that this thing will see us through because it's from Allah. Because it's from Allah. And we've been blessed to be given this gift. So, you know, I, I, thinking about this again, these are all of the things that come up, you know, this idea about, again, food and people inviting you and stuff like this. Uh, you know what I mean? Don't, don't um, uh, bring yourselves to ruination by your own hands. Right? That's a verse 195 in Surah Al-Baqarah. Right? Don't bring yourself to ruination by your own hands. So I look at that and say, well, wait a minute, man. If I'm eating this and this is happening to my body and these types of things, then I have to look at it through that lens. You know what I mean? I think that's, again, another place that we have to have the courage to be able to look at things in a contemporary lens and add applicability to it to where we are right now, right? And, um, you know, so this is the thing now, as I said, within the tradition that made me think about things. I read this, you know, this, 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 this hadith, hadith number 10 from the hadith of Imam Nawawi, you know, in Allah Taib, Wala Yakbal illa Taib, in Allah Amaru Mu'minin bima amar bihil Mursaleen, 
right? Allah is pure. Tayyib is the word that's used. And he only accepts that which is Tayyib. Allah has commanded the believers with what he has commanded the messengers for. With. Allah commands you, us, believers, with what he commanded the messengers with. Think about that for a moment. The same commandment. So what's that commandment going to be? Of all of the things. Of all of the things. The, the, the commandment is... The verse where Allah says, uh, He says here, Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu kulu min al-tayyibati wa amanu salihat. O you who believe, eat from the tayyib and work righteous actions because that's what I've told my messengers to do. That's prophetic emulation. Eat from the tayyib. Now here's an interesting thing. Why does Allah make the distinction between halal and tayyib here? Why doesn't He say kulu min al-halal? He says, Kulu min tayyibat. He says, eat from the tayyib. Now we have to have a conversation and begin to unpack what does tayyib mean? And what's the difference between halal and tayyib? And then he says, right after it, then work righteous actions. So now, fill your body with which is pure, then go. But if, you're, if we are not filling our bodies with that which is tayyib, then what does that have on the impact of our ibadah? And our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Then the conversation continues. O you who believe, uh, and Allah says, O you who believe, uh, um, you know, Allah says, continuing in this hadith as well too, eat from the tayyib what we have sustained you with. And then the hadith goes on, it's a long hadith, and it says that uh, uh, the Sahaba say, ثم ذكر رجل يطيل الصفر the Sahaba say, then the Prophet mentioned a man who was on a long journey. He's on a long journey. His hair is disheveled. He's covered in dust. So he's, he's describing the attributes of a traveler. Right? His hair is disheveled. He's covered in dust. He stretches his hands to the sky, Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, calling out for Allah, making dua. And then Allah and then uh, uh, he says, Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, Walakin, Atamahu Haram, Wa Mashrabuhu Haram, Wa Malbasahu Haram, Wa Hudabil Haram, Fana Yastajabala. And then and then the hadith continues and it says, uh, but his food is haram, his drink is haram, his clothing is haram, and he's nourished by the haram, so how can I answer his dua? So when you want to talk now about the importance of this, and now there's a direct correlation between what we eat and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not accepting our dua, that's, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. Now here's the kicker. This verse was never intended about the content of the food, meaning that it's not about the person eating unlawful, i.e. pork or you know, something else. It talks about the money in which is derived to buy the food. That's how it says that the food is haram and the drink is haram and the clothing is haram. And he is nourished by the haram. So what does that mean? It means the commentators have said about this, and it's a cycle. 
right? Because the same thing had happened in the generation before. So he's nursed through that, right? At the time of pregnancy, just in terms of a physical reality, right? We know that there is no taking of a sin from someone else. So that's not what we're talking about. But it's just the fact that there's a nourishment that has happened physically for this person because it's the idea to break this cycle. So think about we're doing all of these things. And you talked about waste. Here's the kicker. That verse that you mentioned, Ya Bani Adam, that, O children of Adam, adorn yourselves when you enter into the places of worship. Right? Adorn yourselves uh, as you enter into the places of worship. And eat and drink. And do not waste. For indeed, Allah does not love those who waste. And so I think about this in terms of our, really, our well-being. The, the time when this, to me, is most apparent is during Ramadan. That we'll get up, we'll have sahur, we'll make dua, we'll read Qur'an, we'll make dhikr, we're fasting during the day, we give charity, the night comes, we break our fast, we eat our food, we make dua, we go to tarawih, we go to sleep, we get up for tahajjud, do all of those things. But if we're wasting food at the time of breaking the fast, then we're in the category that Allah just said of people He doesn't love. Imagine that. We spend the whole day working in ibadah to the things that He loves, only to put ourselves into a category that He says He doesn't love because of our waste. And rather than just like go back to the line one, two, three, four, five times, we'll put a big pile of food on our plates Eat of it which we, what we eat, and then throw away the rest. And then say, Alhamdulillah, Barakah from Allah. But we threw the barakah into the garbage, which is another problem. There's a documentary that I just recently watched. If you watch it, watch it first. As an adult, it has some language in it that is colorful. But it's called wasted. It's the amount of food that goes into the landfill. And how more than two-thirds, 40% of the food that we produce, this is another misnomer, 40% of the food that we produce goes into the garbage in this country. And the biggest perpetrator of it is the supermarkets. You know why? Because of, not because of the food, so of the fear that food will spoil, and then what? get sued. So it's about economics. So that food, so they were saying, there are people in there saying that the shelf life for this thing literally could be three, four, five, six weeks on an item. Fine to eat. They've done the research, they've tested. This is a, science, this is a group of scientists, it's a bunch of people. Three days, four days, it's in the garbage. Sometimes two days, sometimes a day, it's in the garbage. Now, alhamdulillah, there are groups that are taking this food and they're creating alternative spaces in low-income areas where that food is actually sold now at a, at a, at a subsidized and reduced price for people. But, but this whole, then we get kind of this fear that, well, there's not going to be enough food. We need to produce, we don't need to produce more food. They said last year, or I think it was 17 when this documentary, or 18 when this documentary was created, we produced food for 11 billion people. 11 billion, how many are on the planet right now? Seven, taqriban, right? About seven, 
but yet we're thrown this idea that there's not enough resources. Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put the rizq for all of us 50,000 years before we were even brought into this world. Allah is not going to allow this thing to stop on a promise that He made of where our sustenance is coming from. So you have to approach this thing not from what we're hearing out of these fears, but out of the aqidah and the promise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given every single human being that you will not leave this world except for every single morsel of food that was intended for you or drink was intended for you or breath of air that was intended to you will reach you. That comes from uh, a narration of Sulaiman that says when the angel of death comes, he asks him for a time, he says in a moment, he disappears, he comes back. He said, I've searched everything in the creation. I have not found another morsel of food, another drink of water, nor another breath of air for you. Time is up. That's Allah. That's the reality. So when we look at it through this lens, as I said, of this gift that we have been given, then you can keep with your fear. You can keep with your fear mongering. Your fear-mongering doesn't penetrate the reality of a promise that I have from the Creator of the heavens and the earth, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if you don't have that creation, of that connection with the Creator, that's another reality. Now, you now you're going to succumb to that fear. But for those who have that relationship, and we succumb to that fear, we have to ask ourselves and recalibrate and reorient ourselves in our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the conviction, that's the reality of how I see this thing. Alhamdulillah, sorry. Alhamdulillah. So I, I often think about um, the relationship with our food to even to our spirituality, to our, to our spiritual life. Um, you know, what, 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 what impact does a TV dinner that you buy off the shelf, throw in the microwave with all of its sodium, with all of its other uh, ingredients, uh, what does that do on a spiritual level, on, on, a, on a metaphysical level. I'm gonna take you a little, can I take you one step down? Sure. <laughs> What's the relationship between a wet nurse and the recipient? What's the relationship between someone who nurses a child and that child, what is it? No, I'm sorry, from a legal, like Islamically, like law, what, what's the relationship now? can't marry their children, but can, right? Mm -hmm. So now they're kin, yeah. okay? Corporations are now established as human beings. So if we drink and give our children formula, what's the relationship now? You see what I mean? Just in terms of just really logic, if you take it through this process, you know what I mean? I'm being a bit facetious here. I'm playing with us a little bit. But you see what I mean? If, 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 because you ask, like, what's our metaphysical relationship? What's your metaphysical relationship now with Nestle Corporation? You know what I mean? As we begin to put this through. So again, I always look at things as a vaw here, an outward, and then an inward reality. And all of it is real. There's an outward reality, there's an inward reality of things. And we have to think about these types of things. It's a very weak narration, but there is a narration that says that the black stone was white. And from the sins of the Quraysh, it was blackened. Meaning that the metaphysical can have a reality in the physical world. And, and, and this is a level of scrupulousness that people would go to. 
And that's the level of, again, with our wealth and these types of things that were talked about and taught about in terms of how to engage, you know, um, 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 uh, eating. Like one of the things that, 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 that we find here, um, you know, Imam Ghazali, he, he, he lays out the, uh, the like 16, 16, uh, um, uh, um, um, kind of uh, recommendations when, when, when eating a meal. And we can talk about that in, in, in a moment. But the first thing, the first thing is that the thing that you're eating is lawful and that it was purchased by a lawful income, right? So there is, again, this transactional relationship between the metaphysical and the physical. Right? If Allah is not going to accept my supplication because I've purchased this food now in a manner uh, that is from a source which is not halal, we have to think about that. And we have to think about that for our family. And we have to think about that, you know, and you begin to, so I had a student who heard this in one of the durus that I had, and he says, my father owns a, a shop. He sells things that are haram. Like, what's my status now? with my education or, or these types of things. These are big questions that we have to ask ourselves. We don't get to conveniently dismiss. These are the big questions like we talk about, you know, what could be the things that are prohibiting us from moving forward as a community? I mean, the level that the Sahaba were on, Omar radiallahu anhu, when he's commanding an army one day, he says, is there anybody in the jama'ah, is there anybody in this group who has disobeyed Allah today? If so, step out. Because Allah will not destroy us with an enemy, but rather He will bring destruction upon us because of our own actions. Allah is just. And a lot of times when I see this, the state that we're in right now, all I see is Allah's mercy preventing and giving us a chance and an opportunity to move and change our situation each day that we wake up. That's how I see this thing. But again, remember I said at the beginning of the talk, it gets pushed to the edge. Because there's so many things that, you know, that we're told, you know, need to have our priorities first. But what if it's, what if these things are the cause of this? When Allah says in Quran, that corruption has manifested itself on the land and on the sea because of what man's hands have brought him. What if, what, if, what if these things are the symptoms of this? Now it's just a thought. I'm, I can have my thought. You can say, Mommy Trippin, you know, not even close. And you're, you're entitled to do that. It's all speculative at that point. But as I look at that verse, Ibn Abbas and others had said it will come in the forms of fires and other things like this. Radiallahu anhu of that tafsir. We just had massive fire season in California. The, the, to such a state now that the electric company shuts down the power for multiple days at a time. We go six days, four days, three days now in our campus and our community with no power. And it's, it's gonna become the norm because uh, drought and other things like this. What if this, this is a, my opinion, it's not what if, it's a reality that this is a manifestation of that verse right there. Right? That's, that's, that's my, but now the beautiful thing of it is that Allah continues the verse by saying, like this is to give them a taste of what they have done, but it's not punitive. It's not to punish you. 
right? It's in the hopes that they'll return and repent and come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's literally like, I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna give you a little taste of this. It doesn't taste good, stop what you're doing. That's what Allah is saying. Here it is. You see it right in front of you, stop what you're doing. That's, that's how Allah is dealing with us. So, um, are you focused on food uh, alone with your, with, with regards to yourself, or, or does this go beyond food with you? I, I would say definitely it's moved beyond food. And, and then there's like layers within inside of food. So it's not just the food itself. I want to look at, like, we had some strawberries, mashallah, thank you. You brought some strawberries. No one, strawberries are halal, right? I don't have to like cut the strawberry, like the head of the strawberry off to make it halal. <laughs> strawberries are halal, right? No one's going to argue that, right? But what if now I'm supporting a company that knows clearly that the pesticides that it uses causes higher rates, has higher carcinogenic levels in it, and has caused and shown and proved by data that its workers have cancer rates higher than other companies. Strawberry is halal. But is it, right. But as an ethical human being, should I support that company? And their workers don't have documentation and their workers don't have access to health care and their children don't have access to an education system and they're constantly in fear of being deported and all these other things this is so i'm talking about this levels now right now i'm not saying we all have to run out today and kind of you know change our ways but there's something that we want to begin to change that perhaps we will see this later on i now share this with you i have to think about this in my own life of how that is my father did not attend high school my mother has a high school education. Alhamdulillah, tabarakallah, I was able to move up and out of that state to get to a point where I have an Ivy League degree. And now what does that look like for my children? And then what will it look like for their children? That's the cycle that I'm talking about for us. To me, it's the vision of Imam Malik, who wants to be, radiallahu anhu, his, uh, his son, radiallahu anhu, um, uh, Allah have mercy upon both of them, who wants to be a scholar, realizes that he's unable to maintain his family if he commits himself to scholarship, so then what does he do? He facilitates a scholarship for his son. So maybe this isn't something that we solve in our lifetime right now, but we create a framework and a system that inshallah prevents this and eliminates it from the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. That's how I'm kind of looking at this. So yes, it is beyond food. Because now when you begin to see the impact, like I, it's a trip. <laughs> I remember high school, a basketball game afterwards, I washed up and then coming back from the big game, was, we were traveling back. I had these, like a rash all over my body, man. Like, like within minutes of using this, borrowed someone's, you know, forgot my soap, you know what I mean? Like, hey, can I get some of that body wash? Man, like soaped up, had hives all over my body. So now as you begin to look at this, you begin to see, and this is what one of my teachers told me. He said, don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your mouth. Because the pores are just the biggest opening in your body to receive, to put things into your bloodstream. And so now when you begin that as a principle, you know, uh, alhamdulillah, only olive oil on the skin, man, for, 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 for um, you know, uh, uh, fighting the ash, you would say. Can I say that? <laughs> fighting the ash. So. So these are, these are the principles that we're talking about now. 
right? We're using, we, we're, we're not using toxic, you know, uh, uh, chemicals in our house, man. Vinegar and baking soda, right? Lemon uh, 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 um, uh, essential oil, lemon essential oil. So now all of a sudden it's like, you know, all, like you walk into the, you've got all of these choices, but I'm like, it's right here. And it cost me $1.29 for a gallon of, 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 of vinegar, and I can get like a five-pound bag of, of baking soda for $3. I'm cleaning my house for months on $4.50. And now, you see what I mean? How are we being marketed to? What's the impact of that? Are we trusting this? And we're seeing these things. And then, I mean, there's all kinds of studies that are happening, you know, people being triggered by these things, the type of paint that we use, the type of chemicals that are inside of carpets, and you're finding um, uh, 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 embalming fluid inside of like new car, you know, that new car smell, all that stuff is not good. It's called off-gassing. Even, even what you call like um, a particle board you, you build, particle board, the glues and the adhesives, all that stuff, when you get that wood and you bring it into your house and you smell that, it's releasing toxins into our homes. And so these are the things that we're talking about of how, again, what's the, what's the essence? Why did we just move away from a straight timber? Now basically you're saying, hmm, I'm gonna look at all that sawdust right there on the ground. How can I commodify that? We wanna use every aspect of it. So now all this stuff is put into some vat, all these chemicals are pressed into it and it's thrown back out into the market. We don't care about you, right? Cigarette companies to me are the proof positive of that. People knew about the levels of uh, and the impact on this, we can take a couple of class action suits because of the amount of money that we make. So this is why I'm saying like, if we're not at the front of like, I'm talking and taking my own health and well-being, whether it's physical, whether it's metaphysical, whether it's material, whatever it is, like, like you know, one, one person said, you know, once I found out that Monsanto, he was a Vietnam veteran, he said, once I found out that Monsanto was the same company that was making Agent Orange and the impact that it had on us was the same people that are making the pesticides that were going on to food, he said, I'm cool. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm cool. You know what I mean? I'm not interested in, in, in that path. And then they kind of went on to this whole permaculture movement and this, you know, uh, which is pesticide free and other things like that, using natural uh, crushed limestone. It does the same thing. You know, so it's a it's, a, it's wild, man. Wow, it's wild. So um, I want to ask one last question before I open up uh, for the uh, for our guests. Um, what was the question that I had? Oh, so when, when, we, when we, some people may have the concern of it's expensive to eat halal and toyib. Right, and uh, it's, it's just not in my budget. I mean, what, is, what are some easy, actionable steps for? Well, I would say, you know. Yeah, because grass-fed is, 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 is a grip. You know, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. And I think you, we, everyone knows what their situation is, right? But I think at this point, we also have to be honest with us of how can we trim certain things from our budget, right? Like, does that mean no more Netflix? Does it mean not eating out? Does it mean, like, what's the, what's, the, what's the give and take that we're willing to commit to to bring that change uh, into our life? And I can only speak of, 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 of on, a personal, on a personal matter. Because um, um, Joel, um, what's his name? 
and, and um, Omnivore's Dilemma, the farm that, that Michael Pollan writes about in Virginia, uh, Joel Salatin, he says you're gonna pay for it three places. You're gonna pay for it at the register, doctor's office, or the funeral home. So you have to make a choice of where you're willing to put your resources in, right, to bring about, uh, uh, as we said, to the best of our ability, these types of things. And like I said, you know, it, I can't, I, that sacrifice for me is a sacrifice that I'm willing to make for my family um, um, to ensure that I'm, that I'm trying to put the best into their, into their, and I'm not saying that other people aren't trying to do the best into it, but it takes intentionality. We have to really stop and think about it. Right, and maybe it's not all meals. Maybe it's a portion of a meal. Maybe it's, but we begin. That's why I said we begin to start the process, right? We begin to start that, and it takes sacrifice. It does take sacrifice. But we're willing. We're willing to sacrifice for things, and we know we are, right? We're willing to sacrifice for things. What happens then when we shift that 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 um, focus in, in, into into areas such as that? So that's that's you know, kind of where, 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 where I would say, but you know, you're absolutely right. And that's the crazy thing, right? <laughs> we, have to, we have to have food that is grown without, you know, pesticides, all of those, and have that be the like, you know, the, 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 the high achieving, uh, 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 the, the, the bar, uh, and, 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 and all you're doing is letting it grow. And then one that is pumped up with, you know, and because the whole thing is we understand this, basically what's happening is that, you know, Allah has a sunan of his earth. It will regenerate soil. It will put its own nutrients back inside of it, nitrogen, and, you know, plants pull these out to live, right? And Allah has a cycle where he has plants that grow next to it that put nitrogen into, this, into it. But when you only grow one crop, all it's doing is pulling nitrogen out of the soil, out of the soil, out of the soil. When you see these big farmland, it's just all dust. That's dead soil. And so you're trying to create a soil. It's, soil is living, right? And soil is living. So without, without that living uh, 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 materials, the, the organic materials that is needed, you have to supplement it. And those supplements are now coming through synthetics. And those synthetics then, what do you think, where do you think they end up? They end up in our bodies. They end up in our bodies. Now they can say, and here's the thing, they can say that at certain point, uh, it's harmful. It's harmful to the human being. But what do you think? They're gonna. That point's gonna be here. Or if it costs more money, they want to keep it as far away from you as you can, as it can. So these are the questions you have to begin to ask yourself and to explore. And I think that's something, as I was saying, that, that it's, a, it's a big conversation. But I don't think that it's something that we can just ignore anymore. And we have to think about it in terms of like, as we understand the relationship, like, like I think about this, you know, a, a child that comes home, they, they, they haven't eaten since school lunch, they get in, the, uh, in, in, in a vehicle, um, we give them some sugary food, their body responds to the sugar they're bouncing all around in the back and now they're hyperactive and someone wants to put them on Ritalin because they've got ADD and all this other type of stuff. Their body's responding to something that we just gave them. And we gave them sugar in the morning, we gave them sugar in their lunch, now we're giving them sugar when they come home and now we're wondering why they're in the state that they're in. 
And then we want to just medicate to be able to solve the problem. Yeah, that's, you know, our, our healthcare system is about, again, you mentioned, you know, Ritalin and some of these other things. And, and you know, we, we talk about, you know, ADHD and depression. And um, the, the problem with our healthcare system is it's not holistic. And, um, you know, whereas you may go to the psychiatrist and you may be prescribed something for depression, but the, the, but the psychiatrist won't ask you, how are you sleeping? What's your diet like? You know, stress are you exercising? What are the stress levels? How much stuff you got, junk you have in your house, right? What's going on at work? You know, what are you, what, you, know, what are you cleaning? Maybe, you know, the Clorox bleach under the cat. All of these things, it, it, it just never acts because Again, one of the challenges may be specialization, and I'm only focused on just, just this one area, you know, i.e. fixing your brain. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and one of the things that you mentioned, which I thought is really incredible, is, is that the Prophet Islam had a name, he named everything. So I'm walking through my house, and I'm like, man, I got so much dunya, I couldn't remember all these names, <laughs> right? So it just shows you, and, and so he was like, for real, spark joy. You know, joy, you know what I'm talking about, right? That book, Spark Joy. You're supposed to look at an item, and you're supposed to look at this item and be like, does this item spark joy in my life? <laughs> and if you answer the question, not immediately yes, then you're supposed to get rid of it. So that's the whole new wave that came through about how to declutter your house. And so that's this idea, like you said, about minimalism and all these other things. That's his life, so Islam. You know what I mean? That's, that's the reality of this. And so may God, you know, may Allah facilitate for us these these openings and understandings, I start with myself. I'm not, trust me, I'm not up here pontificating from high. I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm, just, trying to, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it. Alhamdulillah. So let's, uh, let's, take, let's take some questions from our guests any, or anyone in the audience. Feel free to. Can I trade you? I drink your water, you drink my coffee? Um, you're trying to keep me up all night, Yeah, but you can drink the water. I can drink any more coffee. Yes, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> be a problem. You're on West Coast time, so you yeah, still no, two no, hours no, behind. No, no. <laughs> I drink any more coffee, I'll be up till Tuesday. Assalamualaikum. <laughs> any questions? Tanwir has a. Can give them. <laughs> um, this is more, I guess, more theological, but you know, there, if, if the question comes up, as you said, Allah gives risk, has risk, does it for everybody. But we also, there are people who have lacking, and maybe you know, we see people who are suffering from hunger, you know, we work with people who have cancer soup they try to make go three days. You know, because they don't have it. So, just more as a confirmation or just understand, like, is this as a result of, as you mentioned, part of that the corruption of the risk is being blocked from them? Or how is, is that because of our, is that, is there some type of interaction or how does that work? No, that's, you're, you're into a deep, you're into a deeper, you took us way out to the, in that one. Um, you know, you're getting into now the question of like, um, you know, good and evil, and why is these? Why does this happen? And why is this for this person, and not for that person? And and so again, these these are questions I, you know, that you have to really, you would really kind of move into into questions of aqidah in terms of determination for individuals, and you know, 
you know, um, God, what is this? a hikam that says like, Asa a'taka fa'mana'ak, wa asa mana'aka fa'ataq. Now Allah says, I'm sorry, astaghfirullah. Yeah, Ibn, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ibn Ta'ala Iskandri in his book of aphorisms, he says, perhaps his, um, his giving you is preventing you. And perhaps his preventing you is giving you. So, so I don't want to reduce everything to, to just a metaphysical reality because we also have to live in this world. But we also can't exclude that from, from the reality. And so as we begin to look at this and we read the verse that Allah says that um, you know, perhaps it is Asan an takrahu shay'an wa huwa khair lakum. Perhaps it is that you detest something but it is good for you. Wa asan tuhibbu shay'an wa huwa shar lakum. Allah ya'lamu wa antum la ta'lamun. That perhaps it is you uh, uh, love something but it is detrimental to you. And you know, there's, there's it, you know, it's, it's heavy, it's heavy. You know, there's a very heavy answer to this. Um, I, pr I, I hope we're all mature enough to, to, to kind of see through what I want to say. But there's a hadith that I remember very clearly reading and I was just like, SubhanAllah. It says, Allah says, I test some of my servants or I give some of my servants poverty. Were I to give them wealth, they would lose their iman. And I give some of my servants wealth because were I to give them poverty, they would lose their iman. So we are where Allah wants us to be. However, we look at it through the lens of just or unjust and like that, that's again, it's our speculation. Your speculation, our speculation now has to be placed up against divine wisdom, divine knowledge. And when we think about divine knowledge, you have to now give yourself a framework of what is Allah dealing with? He's dealing with us in knowing يَعْلَمُ مَا كَانْ وَمَا يَكُنْ وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ لَوْ كَانْ Allah's dealing with us in, in, in ultimate knowledge. So ultimate knowledge is explained in our tradition as knowing what was, what is, what will be, and what was not were it to be. Right? So the job that you didn't get, Allah knows what would have transpired. Right? So as we begin to, to, to understand things, that's why this concept of, and it's tough. This is a very hard, I sit here through all of my privilege of, of being an American, a passport holder, roof over my head, the money I make, where I live, to be able to say this. But I say it not because of some experiential reality, but because of a a, a, a belief in what Allah has decreed of Him being Al-Hakim, of Him being Al-Adl, being the All-Wise, being the All-Just, that this is not, I'm not witnessing injustice from Allah. What man, that's something totally different. Yeah, and so when companies begin to monopolize distribution and people are not allowed to, or countries are not paying taxes when they do business in certain countries and that tax could be levied to feed people, or yet, you know, types of seeds that are given that need excessive amounts of water to put people into debt or whatever types of seeds, that's something totally different. And that's why I made the comment in the beginning, food was produced 
globally for 11 billion people last year. That's not even tapping into what scholars and others have said that if Sudan in and of itself, that Sudan could feed the world. If zakat is paid on the oil distribution that comes out of country X, Y, or Z, I will remain, it will remain nameless, right? Poverty is ended, you know what I mean? But Allah has decreed it in the way that He has, not through Him being punitive, but for people, as we said before, perhaps that they will return in a given respite. So it's a larger, it's a larger question that's beyond just, you know, are they not receiving what they're supposed to receive or other stuff like that? Because now you're into two realms, into Allah's decree based on choices of human beings. Allah knows best. Next question. Yes, uh, Sidi Mukhtar. Uh, what is your uh, take on uh, uh, do, you have, do you look at a difference between uh, Zabiha and Halal meat? Because there's some Muslims that make a distinction between the two. That is a difference between Zabiha and Halal. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I don't know. Again, this distinction has baffled me. When you look at the fiqh, dhabaha, the verb, is dhabaha, is the verb. Dhabaha, so there's three ways that an animal is made halal. Dhabaha is one. Nahara is two. Aqara is three. So when Allah says in Quran, right, فَصَلِّ رَبِّكَ har, Pray to Allah, and sacrifice an animal. It's the manner in which you are ordered to sacrifice the animal, which is nahar, which means to take some sort of object and the animal is uh, uh, stuck uh, in the neck normally. Third one, so dhabah we know, which is cutting the four, the jugular veins and the esophagus and trachea in any combination of it, and all four schools have a different criterion. One school says trachea and esophagus and jugular. One says two jugglers, esophagus. One says two jugglers, trachea. One says trachea, esophagus, jugglers, all four. That's dhabah. I'm going back to number one. Number two, I just explained, which was nahar. Number three, which is aqr, it means to normally take, kill something with a projectile. So a spear, an arrow, adl adl, these types of things. So now we have three categories. Each one of those categories is has a distinctive type of animal. So the first one, dhabah, is a domesticated animal that poses no physical harm to the person. Goat, chicken, lamb, right, rabbit. Second group, which is nahar, is a domesticated animal that poses a threat to the human. Cow, bison, camel, buffalo, all of these like this, okay? Third group is a wild animal that you can't just walk up and take the life of. So you can hit it with a projectile. Okay, so now that we've established there are three ways to make an animal halal, dhabah is one of the three. I don't understand how something can be dhabiha and not halal. If dhabiha is the act to make something halal. You see what I mean? That's, that's the point that has to be argued. Now I've heard things like it's the biha, but it's not halal because it's not pork. Cave. Well, what about 
Allah says in the Quran that the, the meat of the Akhlukitab, that we can eat their meat. Mm -hmm. So the Jews and the Christians mm -hmm. are the Akhlukitab. Yeah. So you have some Muslims, they go to Wendy's, Burger King, hey, yeah. we're Christians. So we yeah. can not go to Kroger or yeah. Randall's and buy our meat. Yeah. That, that meat is halal. Yeah. But it may not be Zabiha in the three categories like you you mentioned. Uh, may, you know, they may not. Oh, so the distinction is that it's halal, but it's not Zabiha. That it may not be, but uh, it, it may not be Zabiha by Muslim. But the meat is halal because it's from Akhikitab. Yes. No one's going to dispute that because of the verse that Allah says in Quran. Right? Right? That we have made halal for you the meat of Ahl Kitab. No one's going to dispute that. The question we have to ask ourselves is when we dig deeper to say what's the criterion that is required now from Ahl Kitab to make their own meat halal? And can we eat the meat of Ahlul Kitab which doesn't qualify their own criteria and conditions for it to be halal? So for example, and this is just because I, I wrote about this so I know about it, in Mark, a strangulation is not allowed in the text. But Leviticus comes in the New Testament and wipes out the Old Testament. So it supersedes and creates a a nasikh uh, mansuk a um, abrogation of that law. So now Muslims, what position do you take now? What position do you take? So I'm a I, I eat kosher. Say it right here in public. I eat kosher meat. I have no question with it whatsoever. But I eat kosher meat that I know is confirmed and slaughtered when their standards are actually higher than ours in halal in terms of what is required. Questions: What about Papa? <laughs> you better stick to spinach. <laughs> you better stick to spinach. No, here's the thing. We know that in Islam, the animal can't be stunned and that Brother and dead. Three pieces of biscuit to a You say it's okay, I'm doing right now. No, no, that's good. Go ahead. No, here's the thing. Yeah. And slaughterhouses for yeah. uh, you know commercial chicken in, in yeah. this country. Yeah. Uh, they stun the animals. Sometimes yeah. they use electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to shock the stun animal. Now, yeah. The question is. Yeah. If if the animal died before uh -huh. they, yeah. they they cut the throat, yeah. you know, bleed them out. Yeah. Yeah. Then we know that that's that's not the bi. That's not how that. Correct. It's, yeah, that's so the first category the, when Allah says in the verse, right? Hurimat alaykum, and meita is the first category. It's the first one, meaning a dead animal. You can't eat a dead animal. Now, also, I just want to say very quickly, I'll let you continue, but the categories in that verse in Surah Al-Ma'idah, when Allah says that, you know, you can't eat, you know, carrion or angles that strangled or have fallen off of a cliff, and Allah gives a category, I believe there's right. eight of them. All of those are because those are things that the Jahili Arabs used to do. Right? So he's telling you now each one of them, now that Islam has come to you, you can no longer engage in these practices. Okay, so brother told me 
and he was this brother was a scholarly brother, and he said that unless you know the exact animal that died mm -hmm. on the on the slaughterhouse floor, mm -hmm. that animal is not allowed for you to eat. So there's no way to know which one of the animals was actually you dead it. when they processed it. Mm -hmm. So because of that doubt, mm -hmm. his brother says it's best to stay from it because mm -hmm. there's doubt mm -hmm. whether or not you're, getting a, uh, you're eating an animal that was already yeah. dead, so it would be yeah. haram to eat that yeah. animal. Yeah. Uh, he said, but other than that, yeah. uh, it's halal to eat it. If you can, you know, confirm if you, that. If you uh, confirm or not, you say because yeah. the deal about staying away from doubt yeah. is a suggestion. Well, if you stay away from the fact, but the one that doesn't stay away from it uh -huh. and go ahead and eat and take the chance. Yeah. 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 No, it, it, yeah. 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 Pulled out the microphone. Uh, uh, you know, there's um, there's this um, advice, you know, uh, in the tradition that says, um, you know, "Da'ma yuribuka la mala yuribuka." Leave that which makes you doubt for that which doesn't make you doubt. So, so that then, you know, my opinion is you have to then look at that based on the the um other hadith which is in a halal and bayin when the haram abin wabainahum umura mushabihat la yaamun kathirum and nas. Halal is clear, haram is clear, but between them there are affairs which are ambiguous. We don't know. Well in waqa'afishubahat, waqa'afil haram. The Prophet continued by saying the one who continually uh uh is 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 close to that line of the haram in the Doubtful manners surely will follow into fall into the haram. So this is you have to look at beyond just like one aspect. And when scholars are looking at something, they're looking at multiple multiple um, uh, inputs that can affect that. But so the person is right. If you would have to know specifically that that bird was killed by electric shock and not the cutting of the throat, and that would make it haram. The question is, then it is up to you. You would make your own personal decision if, if that is something that you want to engage in and not. Um, and then, and then that's, that's a decision that, that, one, that one has to make. And unfortunately, based on that standard criteria, if we apply it to these allow uh, Muslim uh, you know, uh, stores uh -huh. where we get a halal meat, uh -huh. uh, a lot of them, we can't even verify that with them because some of them use a recording for slaughter. You know, someone on a bismillah, bismillah, bismillah. It may yeah. not even be in, 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 uh, sync. in sync with, yeah. uh, with the yeah. animal being killed, yeah. you know. So yeah. they're using techniques for mass production that, to me, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's and, doubt. And it, there's doubt in that. Well, there's an even another one. I'm sorry to tell you this, but there's even one more that just says all you have to do is say bismillah when you turn the blades on. One bismillah covers all of them. 
There's that ruling I've heard as well too. So again, at the end of the day, what I feel like is you're gonna get an answer to what you want. You're gonna get an answer to what you want. The question is, is that answer the answer that I wanna meet Allah with? That's my criterion. So you can give me all the fiqh that you want. So my wife tells me this all the time. There's fatwa and there's taqwa. The fatwa is always going to be there. The question is, am I willing to meet Allah in that state? And that's the criteria that I bring back to myself. Like, yeah, that, you know what I mean? That thing looks real good right now, that tiramisu. You telling me that the alcohol is burned off on it and all of that? My nafs is going crazy right now. But I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I'm going to go home and have some uh, cupcakes that my daughter made. <laughs> Come out my house, I'll get you a three-piece. Yeah. <laughs> So Imam Dawood challenged us believe, three years ago at a reseller retreat with these wonderful lofty ideas. We didn't have anything really concrete here in Houston. And for those of you who want to, I don't have stock in these companies, but I just want to do two um, promotions. We have Hira Farms in Tombol, which we can go and verify exactly. It's more accessible to us. Um, and then we have Mercy Slaughter in Katy and uh, can vouch for both of these business models. Um, and we, you know, in our, in our own capacity, once we started doing that research, it seems to have no end. None of us want to eat anything at the end of the day. Um, but we found that these two have offer some very viable solutions in our own community. So as we try to eat local, go, go local, I strongly recommend you consider both of these, uh, these local businesses and you know, consider turning around your meat supply if that's within your, your frame of reference. Yeah. And again, I think this is a way that we also, we talk about building community. Now, there's something really interesting in Seattle where um, a Christian uh, farm, young couple who had left the tech industry and were trying to you know, start up um, 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 organic meat um, um, connected with the Muslim community. There's a sheikh there from Yemen, he asked him some questions, who is God, what is it, and all this, and he confirmed. He said, I consider this farm and this man to be the meat of Ahlul Kitab. And now the Muslims have a relationship who deal with that, and then restaurants started buying from it. So it was a come up for the farmer. So as we, now that builds an allyship with people inside of our community. We're building community now. And now here's the other thing. Okay, I go get meat for you this month. You get meat for me next month. We're building community. Now all of a sudden we can show that, you know, our consumption levels are here. How about we start a CSA? You know what I mean? And now community support agriculture. And now you all are dropping off meat to us. You know what I mean? Because we've demonstrated that. So there's all of these, you know, um, 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 possibilities that can come out of this that I think about what building community, uh, you know, really looks like, but it takes effort. So for me, you know, we, we will drive. We will drive. We drive 45 minutes one way, you know. 45 minutes, hour traffic. You know, you're looking at an hour and 20 minutes to get our to get to get our chicken, right? But the thing is, we can. We know Ahmed. We know where those chickens live. We know where that. Like it just that. Like we're 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 comfortable, you know, doing. Now I'm not going to say that every single chicken I eat. It used to be that, but now there are other sources that we found also that are more local. That if we don't have the time to get out there, we will do that. But we've made an effort for for that. Let's get one more sister, and then we'll come back with, uh, to Justin. Uh, sisters, turn. Okay, no sisters. Justin, go ahead. Um, give it to Justin. Uh, oh. <laughs> 
I guess just kind of back to this uh, Zabiha uh, conversation um, about Ahad Kitab and everything. Because, you know, I eat kosher meat as well, too. And so, you know, they also have fit behind how they slaughter and everything. But I'm actually kind of unsure about Christians. Like, do they have a fit behind that as well, too? Because I have friends that go to Amish communities and and just buy their meat as well, too. And then you mentioned there's a community with the chef from Yemen that, you know, confirmed. that confirmed with yeah. them. Like, yeah. So I was, I'm just kind of curious, like, what's their way of slaughtering? You know? Do they have yeah. a fit no, there is, there is, there is. There's, but there, but it's interesting because there's there's a work that I'm really hopeful that I could have time to um, to translate because the spectrum is really broad, like with inside of the law, inside of inside of the law in terms of what is who's considered ahlul kitab and who's and what's not. That spectrum is very big, and this isn't like some scholars that are that are um, kind of shav. I want to say that are. Um, you know, that are not kind of uh, mainstream, so to speak, in terms of our tradition historically, um, that as I began to read them, and it's really like I think of it, it's a real takhfif, it's a real like um, a, a, a form of, of ease on the entire community, right? Because we can't expect that every single person of every single household is going to be able to engage in this way. So to create a broad spectrum, that's how I see rahma. Right, but um, but to say that yes, there 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 are there 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 is a criterion, you know, um, 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 for that, you know. So it's it's it's, um, and I think that's also where a lot of people will take these rulings as well too of certain things by saying that you know, well, hey, they said they're ahl kitab, and so we don't ask beyond that. You know, there's a position for that. But but again. Um, <clears throat> You mentioned the stunning and other things like this. Brother mentioned the stunning in our communities and like that. You know, there's laws now that that will not allow you to slaughter without stunning first. Alhamdulillah, there was a position um, that really it came from a non-Muslim um, uh, Temple Graydon. Her name is Professor Temple Graydon, who's in who's in Colorado. And if you've seen. Uh, the documentary that uh, the, the film that was made about her life she's autistic spectrum and she created a humane uh, a system of humane slaughter for 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 cows basically it's a wonderful movie watch it you know family friendly but anyway long story short i was reading some of her work she's done some work on halal and basically they came to a point to say that stunning would be permissible and i'll follow this position Stunning is permissible, but the voltage must be to the degree that the animal can regain consciousness within 10 seconds. Now, why did they choose 10 seconds? Because the amount of time it should take you to slaughter would be under 10 seconds. It's normally four to six, right? So that's how you know that the animal won't be dead from the shock. So I'll take that position, because we have to, we can't just boycott the system and down with, you know, like, we won't get anywhere. And there will be ability for us to be able to maneuver within this way that, okay, you wanted to put that law out in front of us, we, have, we, we, can, we can work with that. We can work in this way, you know what I mean? So I think that, if, if we're moving in that direction. But again, I really am a proponent and a supporter of, of you said, micro-communities, of supporting people that are in, you know, uh, keeping their, keeping uh, small, they're not on these large agro, 
you know, uh, uh, companies because I just feel at that point just too many corners started to get cut because of economic, because of bottom line, and that's where, in my opinion, you begin to 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 find these challenges, um, you know, that that that, that exist. Inshallah. So, um, alhamdulillah, we, we need to go ahead and close now because we need to pray and um, allow people to eat. Um, so I'd like, uh, like you to close with one point. You started the hashtag, get your own halal. Mm -hmm. You're an avid hunter. Uh, you go out and you slaughter it and you drag it home yourself, actually. Um, what, 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 um, uh, what sparked you to start that hashtag, but also it's really kind of like a, an online movement in and of itself. Yeah, I think what happened was that I just, I got tired of like, you know, um, there's no options. So my, my, the hashtag was like, well, go get your own halal. You know, now for me, I, I say that because I hunt. And that's a, like, I have deer in my refrigerator. I got elk in my refrigerator. I didn't shoot the elk, my friend did. I shot the deer. I've got fish in my, uh, in my freezer from, from, from fishing trip, you know, that I've taken and like this. But my point is, I'm saying is like, we can't always expect that everything is gonna be brought to us. At times, you gotta go get it yourself. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what this idea is about, is to create, you know, within ourselves, um, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, agency within ourselves to be able to, 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 to solve these problems. Because what happens all too often is, well, I just, I don't eat meat. Well, that was never the way of the Muslims. Because we couldn't do something, we didn't just throw up our hands because, because there are certain people that don't have that luxury, right? I don't have the luxury to not eat meat because I can't afford the supplements that my body needs to be able to take because I'm not eating, right? Of getting, you know, um, uh, the type of the type of the type of B B12s and omega threes and other things that are found solely in meat. Now, there's all kinds of arguments. Well, pro plant protein and all that. That's, that's fine. But when you begin to look at the amount of supplements that a person has to take just to just to maintain that as well, too, that's a different conversation now. Now you're into economics once again. So I think that you know, for for, for us, it's looking at a system that definitely is broken, a system that definitely needs attention. And then how do we how do we make the best of that situation um, and create options and opportunities, you know, for people? So that's the concept about get your own halal. That we're not just going to throw up our hands and be like, well, this is it, or I don't eat meat anymore, or these types of things. Um, you know, just 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 because the state of affairs that is nowhere where people that want to change want to change, you know, for for for, for the better and call people to a higher calling. Right, that's, that's, that's really what I think about. We're asking people to actually be the best version of themselves. And, and so that's, that's, my, um, that's my naive optimism of what, of, what that, of what that can look like. Alhamdulillah. So uh, thank you again, uh, Imam Daoud, for coming and sharing with us. Um, and if you want to connect with him further, um, mashallah, there's a lot of benefit if you're on social media um, particularly Instagram. He, he has a very uh, inspirational feed. Um, he also has a YouTube channel. Um, and so that's one of those few uh, feeds that I think you'll really, really uh, find benefit uh, in um, all of his. And inshallah, I, 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 I uh, 
did a video of him skateboarding today. So inshallah, you'll see that. So <laughs> he got some I skills did, there I too. So thank you again for coming out. Uh, Imam Daoud will close out, close out with, uh, with dua and then we'll, we'll, we'll follow up with uh, Salat al-Ishash uh, right after and then we'll, we'll eat inshallah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Hamdan Yuafi Ni'mahu Yukafi Umazida Rabbana Laka Alhamdu Kama Yambari Lijalali Wajikul Aldimi Sultanic Rabbana La Nuhsi Thanan Aleka Kam Athnit Ala Nafsik Allahumma Sully was Selim Wabarik Ala Sayyidina Muhammad Fil Awaleen Allahumma Sully was Selim Wabarik Ala Sayyidina Muhammad Fil Akhirin Allahumma Sully was Selim Wabarik Ala Sayyidina Muhammad Fil Mel Ala Ila Yomadin Yarabil Alameen Rabbana إننا سلك الهدى وتقى والعفاف وغينا عن الناس ربنا إننا سلك الهدى وتقى والعفاف وغينا عن الناس ربنا إننا سلك الهدى وتقى والعفاف وغينا عن الناس ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وضريتنا قرتعين وجعلنا المتقين إماما ربنا إننا ظلمنا أنفسنا وأن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لكننا من الخاسرين ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب Ya Allah, we ask you in this blessed time, in this blessed place with these blessed people to pour out your love into our hearts Ya Allah, bless this gathering Ya Allah, make this gathering a place and a meeting that is pleasing to you. Anything that was said or done that is displeasing to you, overlook it, Ya Afu. Anta Afu and Kareem to Hibu Afu Fafu Anna. Ya Allah, you are the partner you love to pardon. We ask you to pardon us for our shortcomings, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless this community. Ya Allah, bless its leadership. Ya Allah, bless its participants, Ya Allah. Bless its donors, Ya Allah, and its well-wishers, Ya Allah. Make this community a place of light and love and mercy for this city, Ya Allah, and beyond, Ya Allah. Make it a refuge, Ya Allah. We ask, we ask you, Ya Allah, to bless this community and make it a place of guidance, Ya Hadi. We ask you to make it a place of love, Ya Wadud. Ya Allah, we call you and we ask you to make this a place of mercy, Ya Rahman by calling on your most beautiful names, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those that want good for this community, for the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Oh Allah, bless them to facilitate that good. And if there is anyone that wants other than that for this community or for the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad, then Allah, deal with them through your justice, Ya Adil. Deal with them through your justice, Ya Adil. Ya Allah, we ask you for the best of what the Prophet Sallallahu has asked you for. And we seek refuge in you from the most evilest things that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam sought refuge in you from. Ya Allah, unify our hearts, Ya Allah. Unify our hearts, Ya Allah. Unify our hearts. Allow us to have your remembrance moisten our tongues, Ya Allah. Allow your awe, Ya Allah, to inspire our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, allow your Qur'an to be a spring giving life to our hearts, Ya Allah and a light in our graves, and a guidance in this world, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to place us under the shade on the day when we return to you. Ya Allah, we ask you to have mercy when we stand on this earth, when we are in this earth, and we are raised from this earth, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, from the, give us 
the give us the blessing of dying with La ilaha illallah Muhammadar Rasulullah. Oh Allah, bless our children. Ya Allah, never disrupt in our lineage from now until Yom Al Qiyamah Kalimatul La ilaha illallah. Allow us, Ya Allah, to meet you, and there are generations upon generations of believers, Ya Allah. Make us maintainers of this deen, Ya Allah, in our families and in this community, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to bless us with the honor of drinking from the hand of the Prophet ﷺ at the Hawd, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, allow him to gaze upon us, and he is happy to see us, Ya Allah. Allow him to gaze upon us and he is pleased that we are in his ummah, Ya Allah. We ask you that in the company of the Anbiya, of the Prophets, and of the Messengers, and of the Sahaba, and of the Salihin, and of the Ulama, and all of your righteous servants, Ya Allah, honor us on that day, Ya Allah. Give us safety underneath your throne and under the banner of La ilaha illallah Muhammadar Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us back in the best of states. Ya Allah, you are too generous to inspire us to ask and not facilitate for us. Ya Allah, we are knocking on the door, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, answer our calls. Ya Allah, through your generosity, Ya Kareem. Ya Allah, we ask you to allow this facility to continue giving goodness until you take back and inherit this earth that is yours, Ya Allah and allow all of the actions and all of the du'as and all of the intentions and all of the giving to be heavy on the scales on that day when scales are made heavy or light, Ya Allah. And we ask you to place your barakah for extra weight on that scale, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we sit here with humble hearts, Ya Allah, hopeful of your mercy, pour out your mercy upon us, Ya Allah. And Ya Allah, we ask you to make our best day, our last day, when we leave this world and meet you. We ask you, Ya Allah, through the blessings of Surah Al-Fatiha to bless this gathering. Al-Fatiha. Thank <laughs> you.